Welcome to GoWP's Digital Agency Podcast. I'm Mariah Origa. I'm the Director of Creative Services with GoWP. And before I welcome today's guests, uh, guest, singular, I would like to say a few words about GoWP in case anyone listening isn't already familiar with us in our WordPress services. At GoWP, our teams create happiness for digital agencies and help them become more profitable. So whether you you join our incredibly valuable weekly happiness hour calls, or if you're looking for ways to grow your team with a developer, copywriter, designer, or project manager, we've got you covered. We also offer services like case studies, blogging, website maintenance, content edits, and page builds that you can completely outsource to our team or white label as a new revenue source for your agency. To learn more about us at GoWP, you can visit our social media channels at GoWP Support on Twitter and GoWP everywhere else. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all that, all that jazz. And there you can receive updates on what's going on. But without further ado, it is my pure pleasure to welcome today's guest, Mr. Bobby Kircher. Bobby is the founder of Papaya Search, which is located in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where he has, he and his team have over 15 years experience in the digital marketing field. And Papaya Search focuses on SEO and other digital marketing strategies for their many clients. Welcome, 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 Bobby Kircher. Thanks, Mariah. Good to see you. It's in a, this, this time in a little box versus like in person. <laughs> Nobody puts me in a box except Bobby Kircher. I happily will go into the box. <laughs> it is truly I'm in a box with you. <laughs> no, I feel like we should do some mime work here to get out of this box. <laughs> what a pleasure to have the chance to talk to you again and to, to share this space, literally, to share this space with you and to, to discuss a lot of fun topics today. You know, you are a man of many, many skills and talents uh, and abilities. And I, when I, I've been with GoWP for almost a year exactly. And you were one of the, the first agency owners that I had the pleasure of working with. And so everything was so new to me. And when, for those of you that don't know, GoWP and Papaya Search collaborated on some case studies, and I got to talk to yeah. many of your clients. And that the, the thing that shocked me was how universally everyone loved you, not only working with you and the and the you know the benefit of working with the Papaya Search team and the results that they were seeing, but just when your name came into the conversation, it was genuine just love, like literally love for you. Like working with you was just it was it was palpable, you know. And so as a new, as a new member of the WordPress community, I was like, what? <laughs> how is this real? How is, how is this, how, how does somebody achieve that? And, you know, so kudos to you for, you know, being so appreciated by your clients. Thanks. And I, I appreciated you pulling that out. I mean, like, you know, sometimes you don't realize how, you know, uh, your clients think of you and that's like, you know, usually it's just part of the, it's just part of the job for us. Like we're just doing our thing. Right. And um, it was really nice to, to hear the, the things that they were saying about us and about me. And, you know, I, I it was kind of unexpected as we're going through that process and you, you managed to pull some really valuable information from them. So, you know, 
very grateful that you you did that and and grateful to our clients. I mean, they're they're pretty awesome, and we love working with them. And 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 glad to hear that the feelings mutual. Well, I mean, I think they would not have uh, have have said those words about you if the results weren't weren't there. So, and that's yeah. that. You know, this is perfect for the first question that I wanted to ask you, and you really, in a way, already touched on it. One of your clients, I remember vividly him talking about the work they did with you, and he was very insistent on saying that Papaya Search is the partner of their organization. You are more than a service provider. And I think actually, if you look back at the case study, I think I included that quote. It's not, it's, he, he, he pre, had bad experiences before with, yeah. other, with, with other service providers. I will say uh, service providers because he did not feel that they were truly his partner, but he said it was a change and a fresh air, a breath of fresh air working with you. How, in your opinion, though, do you make a distinction in your mind of service provider versus a partner and how you approach the work that you do with your clients? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because, you know, for some clients, um, they just want to see us as a service provider. And we, we have some clients like that, that are just, you know, they just want us to do our thing and then that's it. But, and, and that's okay. Right. But then there's some other clients who like, I think you might've been talking about Bob Jeff where they, they worked with another agency and basically they felt like they were just being put through the motions as other, uh, as just yet another client. You know, when we work with uh, businesses, like each business is different and their needs are different and their audience are different. And the people who work there are different, you know, good companies have a, a culture and a vibe. Right. And, and so, and so do we, and, you know, I think it's important to understand what the culture is. So then you understand also what their customer is and, and that's how you really get to tailor something that works well for them is when you understand the, the, the business and you understand the customer that they're targeting. And it, and it applies to any form of marketing, whether it's digital, social, you know, what have you, the, the, the more you can connect with your audience, the more successful you can be in your efforts to, to acquire and, and keep the customer. That's, that's awesome to hear you say that. And it's, um, I, it's interesting that you effectively apply that to any type of client that you have, because the, the ones who I interviewed ranged from, you know, the small nonprofit organization up to, you know, the multinational corporation. And that's what you just described, how you customize the experience based on their individual needs. That's exactly what they reflected in those interviews about the delivery of papaya yeah. search services. That, that's totally awesome. Now, the flip side of that though, Bobby, you know, so your clients, like you said, some of them want strict service provider relationship with you. Some of them appreciate more of that partner exchange. But the flip side of that is, in addition to yourself, you know, you have a team that is is the face of the of the company when you're not there, the day to day. It does take an element of getting some continuity in your in your in Papaya Search values. So how and from obviously you're, you've you figured out how to do that. So for other small business owners, you know, new agency owners, freelancers who are branching out, what, how, how do they cultivate that same commitment from team members to deliver, you know, when you're not there yeah. working shoulder to shoulder with them? 
Yeah. So, you know, in when I start, when I onboard somebody to our team, I like to explain, you know, just simply like how we work, the types of customers that we have and our approach to work. So, you know, one of the most important things, like I tell our, our team members is that, you know, we, we always try to find a way to make, make any situation work if they're having trouble because they, our customers lean on us because we're the experts, right? Even though I don't like using that word, uh, the word expert, but like they lean on us because they, they know that we, we can find a solution or we can figure it out. Right. So even if we don't know the answer to something, I always like to show some confidence in, in what we do. And, and, and that confidence comes out and saying, Hey, we, we don't know this yet or know the answer, but we're going to find out and we'll figure it out and get back to you. So even if a lot of times we, we, we do know the solution to the problem, but there are times when we don't and just being honest and open and saying, Hey, we don't know the answer to this and then we'll, but we'll go figure it out. So it's, it's imbuing the, the confidence that we know what we're, we're doing. And if we, and we can figure it out no matter what, and, and also just treating our customers with, with respect and, and friendliness and, and, you know, while still being professional, that's kind of like my approach to work in general is like, I'm serious about the, the work that I do, but I also don't try not to take myself too seriously. And so it's like the trying to find a happy balance of the two is, is like my approach to work. And it's, it's the same with our clients. I mean, like the biggest thing is if the website goes down, that's like the thing that we need to make sure that we're trying to get it back up. If that's our job to, to support the website, but a lot of the other things that we're doing is not like time critical because we're not, you know, it's, it's the, it meaning we don't have to like stress ourselves because it's not, we're not saving lives We're we are making sure businesses and the people who work there are surviving, but we're not, you know, we're not performing surgery, saving lives, that kind of thing. So but it, it, there's a level of authenticity that I, I, from speaking to your clients, I know that they express, they appreciate, you know, when you, when you are diagnosing an issue, maybe with their website and, and communicating yeah. with them, like they, Bobby's word is his word and we can count on that. And you, you've mentioned the word confidence. I also heard clients of yours express that level of confidence in you too. And I think that's invaluable to, ha to have, you know, someone partner with you and say I believe in you. I have confidence in you. And it's, it can easily be lost. So if yeah. the systems and, and, and protocols aren't in place. And so I, that's something that, you know, looking at it, at how you do business is something that I think aspiring entrepreneurs can really take a lot uh, from. And speaking of yes. aspiring uh, entrepreneurs, you weren't always the great Bobby Kircher of Papaya's search and fame. You were once upon a time a college student with, you know, the world of possibility before you. So I know that after, after college, you started your career designing and coding. I'm pulling up your past, man. We're going, we're going deep. We're going back. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you designed and coded for uh, Florida's Environmental Protection Agency. I thought that was pretty cool. And one of the projects yeah. that you worked on, you were coding for the Osprey permit website. 
I yeah. I had to research the osprey. I've heard of it, but I, I couldn't picture what it looked like. It's just another type of hawk. So um, what an experience. I, I'm sure you know all this. You're like, I know. I learned a lot about ospreys. Can you, what, what was that experience like? Fresh out of college, getting your feet wet. What was that like? So I actually, I started there as an intern. So I, it was a paid internship. So what I, is that? it was, <laughs> yeah, what is, I know. People do that they anymore. actually have those. <laughs> I know it was it was wild. So I was in I was in school. I was actually at the library school, which they had changed to information studies. That was the name of the program. And and so I had an opportunity to work as part of a group and we were designing this website called Osprey. And my job was to basically design the UX and code, code the front end of the site. And then we had developers doing the the VB, I guess it was it might have been a VB script if and active server pages. And some of the older developers would know what that is. It's Microsoft scripting technology for the web. And, and so my, my proudest accomplishment from that job was I meticulously designed an image map that I, that I, that I stenciled of all the counties in Florida. And I created a plotted image map, which you plotted by pixel and for each county. So each county was clickable to go to the page that was specific to that county for the permitting issues that they had. So it taught me a little bit about, well, it taught me a lot about HTML because the World Wide Web is only a few years old at that point. It was 1997, no, 1998 when I was there. And so I learned a lot about web design, HTML, and, and working with a team, you know? I, I kind of was living by myself, but I realized that I actually had to interact with the developers in order to make something happen. So that was really important, even though I was off in my own little corner of the office, being able to interact with the team was very important to me. So I learned a lot of lessons then in my in my young years, forever ago too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't tell at all. You can't tell at all. That, 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 that's very impressive though, to accomplish that as an intern. And I remember those days well, the late nineties. I was, I was right there with you on a college campus. And what, how did you, how did you stumble? How did you stumble into this? I mean, it was so new back then. Was yeah. it a class, a mentor? How did you discover the world of coding and uh, information science? Yeah. <laughs> So you know, like when I was in high school, I mean, actually growing up, I wanted to have a Nintendo and my mother said, no, you can't have a Nintendo. All your cousins have Nintendos and all they do is do this. And, and which, you know, I was like, boo. And, but so we ended up with a computer instead. And so we were, we had like a PC that had the operating system on a floppy disk. You know, so we used, we had two bays for floppies, one to run the operating system and then one to just run programs. And I started coding at a pretty young age, just doing simple, basic stuff, you know, just for fun, just to see what I could do with the computer. So it would be things to like, you know, flash text or make text, like load up on, fill up the page. And then eventually I got into Pascal and I thought I would get into computer science, but it just wasn't really my thing, but we were like, we were like the first people in our family to get connected to the internet, you know, and I was on, I think we had AOL at first, and this is before the World Wide Web was available. And I was going to news groups and using Gopher to find information about things. A lot of it was music related and looking for FAQ documents for like bands that I loved, electronic bands. And so that's, that was my, you know, you know, first 
dive into into the internet. And then eventually it was like, okay, so how do I make a career of this? And at first I thought I was going to get into like hotel management because I was really into hotels. And then I realized it was a it was a lot of work to do that. And I would rather, I don't know, I felt like I'd rather be on the computer and playing around with that. So that's how my career started. It was just yeah. Did your mother, you said that you, your mother did not want you to be just like your cousins, you know, spending time playing Nintendo games. Did she recognize that th- there was a possibility in a career opportunity in, in your, you know, fiddling around, around with the computers? Yeah. I mean, maybe, but you know, my mom today still doesn't know what I do. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and that's a good question. I should probably ask her that, but you know, like, I think it was just one of those things where it was like, well, everyone has, or the, maybe the cool people have one. And then she felt like we needed one in the house. I'm not sure, but I probably out of the family, I was the one that was on it the most. So one thing that I love that we share in common, we both have parents who are not, were not born in the U S and they have a very different outlook on life and career and hobbies and interests and pursuits. My, my father, my mother is American born, but my father is Nigerian and your mother uh, was born in Cuba. Your father is U S born though, correct? Or he's also. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, So we're we're very similar. See, this is why we're so simpatico. One of the things though, one of the things, one of the, one of the, the, character traits, I think, of having, growing up in the U.S. with a parent born outside of the U.S. is they instill (laughs) the idea of practical choices for their children's and their career paths. Did you, when you, you know, so we, you said your mom wouldn't let you waste time on Nintendo, but having a mother from a you know different cultural background how do you think if at all has that impacted the way you make decisions now and set goals as a as a small business owner i hope mom is well listening. you know there's the fear of it's certainly for, for in my mom's case um leaving um leaving a, during the cold war leaving a communist country and having everything that you own taken away from you, mm-hmm. there's always this fear of, there's a, like a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. carries with me still. Mm-hmm. And I have to be mindful of that because in some ways it's a good thing because you know, you're know you concerned about profitability and making sure you're, you have enough to carry you along even through the lean months, mm-hmm. but then, you're also like, at least in my case, sometimes fearful of taking taking risks, which seems odd for an entrepreneur to have a fear of, of taking risks. But there are times when I'm just like, you know, I, I don't want to get myself into a situation where, you know, I'm going to have to be uh, like starving for, for, for jobs. And so like, that's, that is a mindset that my mother you know, she came here with nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our entire family came here with with only what they could carry in their hands mm-hmm. and had to leave everything behind. So, and starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. So there's also a sense of scrappiness that comes with that too, where it's like, okay, well, I'm here with nothing. The only place I can go is up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, taking, you do take some risks in the beginning because you really don't have any, choice mm-hmm. right so and 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 you're willing to take jobs that may not be the best job i mean like my grandfather owned a 
a store, like a general store in Cuba. And then she, he came to the U.S. and he was working as a janitor at the school down the street and then working for my father's father, which is how my parents met. So, you know, they worked really hard to just get themselves in a comfortable place where they can support their families. And, and, and my mom did too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, well, there's a little bit of the scrappiness, the entrepreneurial spirit, the taking risks, and then the fear of taking risks. Well, I, I hope after this recording today that you call your mom and just say, mom, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for snatching that yeah. Nintendo out of my hand and, and getting me to where I am today. <laughs> then, you know, that's a good idea. Her birthday's around the corner, so I should do that when I, when I, you know, when I call yeah. her on her birthday, and she would totally love that. You know, and you know what? Your mom would love me for saying that to you, and I just, I feel certain yeah. of that. She's like, I'm taking care, I'm taking care of your, of your mijo, mama. So who, I, I love that story. I, I love that story, and I think that it's a tale that many people can relate to. And I know because you're you're such a knowing you then you're such a man of character and again I, I can't say enough so many authentically people other people who have never sat in the same room with feel the same way about you so it's so real who I'm curious about who else you have encountered along your life's journey who's helped shape who you are today one of my favorite quotes that I always share is one from one of my favorite writers and poets is Maya Angelou and she says that you know people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And so my curiosity mm-hmm. into your, your personal development that fed who you are as an entrepreneur, who else along the way like, impacted you in such a way that you have never forget, forgotten how they made you feel? I know your mom for sure, but who else? Yeah. So I have an aunt who she, she's my dad's sister and when I was, I must have been 15 or 16, I think I had just gotten my car and she had just started her own business consulting and she was working at a firm for a long time and then she decided to go out on her own and she was, I want to say, probably in her 30s or late thirties. So, and, and I remember going out to dinner, like, uh, like a bunch of us in the family went out to dinner and I, I wonder if it was my mom who told me to ask my aunt, because I was, I was wondering if she needed help at her office. And so, so I asked her at dinner and she said, yes, you can come by and start, you know, at, after school by and, and start working. And so I basically went to her house and with would and would just like make photocopies and staple things and and uh, you know organize files for her because you know things were you we still use paper then you know and she was using word perfect if you even remember that that was like the, the word processing that lawyers uh-huh. used for years with the blue background right in the white text right uh, so and then i would even type some things up on there too so it was like my first taste of working for for somebody who was had that entrepreneurial mindset and, and just fucking with her things, even some family stuff that was going on where I was like, why do I feel this way? And she related to me, like I, she made me feel like I wasn't alone in feeling the way that I was feeling about things in life. So I got it with her. I got a taste of, she, she trusted me to do a good job. I got to see her just pursue her dream and, and she acknowledged some things that I was feeling even at that age when I didn't really get that from a lot of other people in my, in my life. So 
I admire her and she, she still has her business and is very successful. And uh, it's amazing to see how much she has grown over the past 20 years. And, you know, we still have a great relationship today. So yeah, she's definitely somebody that, that I admire and, and was, was the person who like heard, heard me out, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, after I think you- she still hears me out when I talk to her about <laughs> business stuff. So yeah, it's great. After you call your mom, I want you to call your aunt too. And you better thank her too for all that she did to shape you. <laughs> Mariah, you, you're like making sure I do all my like. <laughs> oh, then I'm going to call you in 48 hours and say, did you call those two wonderful women who made you the man that you are today? I will keep you accountable. <laughs> you can keep me on my toes. I most certainly <laughs> am. Actually... Full disclosure, Bobby, they sent me here to tell, to tell you all this. They wrote these questions. I didn't write these questions. They said, yeah, tell, <laughs> they said, compare me to Maya Angelou and let Bobby run with it. I was like, okay, okay. This was a setup. <laughs> it is totally set up. I, I, you know, I would like to ask you an unplanned question, just based on your experience with your aunts. I'm, you know, you, Papaya Search has been, you started Papaya Search about 15 years ago. No, it's more than, I think it's 2004. 2004. Okay. So that's like 17 years ago. I wasn't even a math major. Look at me. I'm very curious. You were, talk about Scrappy. Yeah. You were a very astute young entrepreneur making yourself useful to your aunt and her her business. I'm really curious. How did you get your first papaya search client? Okay. 17 years ago. So I, um, I was working at MCR Worldcom and I knew somebody who had an e-commerce company and we had, you know, we were, we were, we were, we had always talked about like, maybe one day I would come in and help them because when I was, when I was at MCR Worldcom, and if you remember, they were the long distance company when people used to buy long distance for their phone. I was a web developer there. And so I actually was on the, instead of doing the front end, I was on the back end side, but we were building websites internally. So it was websites that never saw the light of day outside of the, 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 the company's intranet. Mm-hmm. So he had an e-commerce site that sold online cookware and, and I got laid off and he got hit with, with a, it was the Florida update. This was in 2003. And so they were still trying to recover in 2004. By the time I was like, let go, he was still trying to recover. And I had been talking to him about it. And so I, I was looking for other jobs. And, and, and at that point, I was already building some websites and doing some SEO with some clients on the side. And so he said to me that, you know, form a company, we'll hire you, you come in and you'll help us. And so they were like my first elephant client. And uh, I worked with them, with him for two years. And we helped as a team, I worked with their team to help them recover their rank. We made some enhancements to the website itself to help improve the shopping cart experience. Mm -hmm. I also optimized their Amazon listings. So they were one of the first third-party sellers on Amazon. And this is before Prime, mind you. And got his business in such a position where he was able to sell it within two years. And the new owner of the company kept us on board after that. So I, I was... Basically, they were my elephant client. And then I had a bunch of affiliate websites that I maintained that did a lot of Amazon business and some other third parties. So I was like an affiliate marketer with one big e-commerce client. And so that's 
how that got, that's how we got started the originally. Early, the yeah. early days, the reference to early Amazon, that, that threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa, what? Like, that's- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, you. there was a time when, there was a time when Amazon, like you, there, there was no prime, right? But the, the, the one thing that I figured out, and I don't mind revealing the secret because it doesn't work anymore, but <laughs> the, the, so a lot of third-party sellers had their own pages for the same products. And this is before Amazon used UPCs to put products together. And so I discovered that if we mapped the Amazon product in our feed to the Amazon feed or the Amazon product, we would be listed as an alternate alternate product to buy or an alternate seller. Mm-hmm. But then when Amazon ran out of inventory, then we would win the buy box. Wow. And so that's how they were able to make a killing on Amazon when everyone else was like, had their, their products weren't getting found. And it was because the Amazon listing for the product always was high up in the, in the serves mm-hmm. in the, in Google search. Mm-hmm. So that's how we ended up winning the buy box for a lot of their products because Amazon would run out of inventory our client would appear in the buy box and it was the page that got the most traffic for that specific product. That is so innovative. That was what it was so innovative for back then. Like that's, that's like, it it reminds me of a day when, when you wanted Netflix, they would mail you a a DVD to watch and then you would mail it back. That's, I remember, (laughs) I remember getting DVDs around that time. Yeah. Innovation was all around us and look where everyone is now. You, Amazon right. Prime, and Netflix, everyone has evolved. That's the one truism of life. Now, talking about, that's a great story that segues into the next topic I wanted to touch on was the essence of what you do with your clients, which is making them, this is my laywoman's definition of what you do. You help make, make companies more discoverable online by having yeah. you know smart digital marketing strategies, really focusing on SEO. And uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, I was trying to remember some of the wonderful results that, that you achieved for the clients that I interviewed. A lot of uh, analysis of what's working on their sites, things like that. But you've, since you've been in the business for so long, what challenges or missed opportunity, opportunities do you commonly see businesses making on their sites that's limiting them? And maybe even before they arrive at your doorstep, so to speak, what, you know, you've been around long enough to say, okay, I've seen this before. I know what to do, but what are the biggest problems and challenges for companies today? Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with execution. Whereas, you know, sometimes companies don't have the full, full team to, in their marketing departments to execute on on some of the initiatives that would be good for the for the company Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times that's where we come in is when you know there's a marketing team who knows or a marketing team member who knows that they really could do a lot better in google or in in google search whether that's they're seeing the rankings or maybe they're ranking or maybe their pages are coming up for search terms that may not be their target customer so then we come in and help them you know, work on some of the technical issues that could be impacting their, their rankings. A lot of times it's, it's all about content. And so it's either organizing content or coming up with a strategy to find, uh, to create content, to find their, their customer, their potential customer. And we do that through keyword research and, and, and looking at their competitors and seeing 
what kinds of keywords they're ranking for and what kinds of content they're producing. Mm -hmm. And then also looking at those pages and determining, okay, when they come to the site, what do we want them to do? Or when they come to that page, what do we want them to do? Do we, you know, are they filling out a lead form? Are they buying something or are retaining them to another part of the site? Or what are the other efforts, the other marketing efforts that are happening, right? We don't do social media so much, but you know, there is there there could be opportunities to tie in visitors to a certain page and and retarget them with ads through through social media. Mm -hmm. So and then looking at analytics and 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 figuring all that out, right? Like making sure their analytics is looks good and and we're able to grab information and 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 use that information to make further optimizations. So I feel like that's where a lot of the missed opportunity is is like on execution and and having the having the right people to to do the things that should be done. Having the right people like Papaya Search, the experts, the the confident, authentic experts at Papaya Search, I'm just gathering up all yeah. of the accolades I've heard of you. So, oops. Or or like go to VP, like you know we work we work with GoToVP on on a number of things and you know you all find the right people and and it makes it easy for us to just bring somebody in and and, and work start working right away i mean including like with case studies i mean we have these wonderful case studies because of because of you and and, and GoToVP so yeah well, and if i can call back to some of our earlier conversation i can truly say it's been a pleasure being your partner not a service provider and in even beyond like i know you've got one of the the developers are on your team but just the case studies too it's that was truly again one of my first go wp assignments and having you as a partner was awesome and so i'm glad that you treated me like a partner and not just a service provider but one of the things too that i really appreciate getting to know you and seeing how you conduct yourself as a business owner is visibility goes beyond company's website I, I, and this is my own diagnosis i think success for an agency also includes the visibility of the agency owner him or herself. How necessary do you think networking is for small businesses? I I think it's it's very important. You know, like back in the day when I had my my elephant client and my affiliate websites, I didn't have to network, you know, or at least I felt like I didn't have to network, right? And then eventually the elephant client got smaller and smaller and smaller and it wasn't so elephant mm -hmm. and my affiliate income was smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and it wasn't I, I was like oh wow okay so I guess I need to put myself out there mm -hmm. because nothing was coming in right I, I I hadn't worked on my own site I hadn't really participated in the world around me I was I was not involved in the SEO community as a as a whole because of Twitter, but and and because of forums. But I still was under the radar. Like I wasn't pretty prominent. But it wasn't until I started networking and getting to know people and be willing to share knowledge and information mm -hmm. with others and with my peers that things started to change for for my business. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then. I was, this may surprise you, but I was pretty shy and, uh, and, and pretty reserved. And I didn't want to put myself out there. I was a little afraid to do that, but I, I soon realized after getting out there and meeting people and, and, and a little improv class, I, I actually was realized that I'm not alone in this and uh, being around other like-minded people, being around other entrepreneurs, you know, 
it has helped me just be more part of the community, especially in the WordPress community where community is so big. It's it, it has definitely it's changed my business. And not only I mean, because I've met referral partners that way and a lot of our business still comes from referrals. And so a lot of our referral partners come from the networking that I that I've done. But I've also been able to give back because not every client that comes our way or potential client, every lead, I should say, every lead that comes our way is the right fit for us. Mm -hmm. But I, I usually know somebody who they might be the right fit for, mm -hmm. you know, and I love being able to give that back and, you know, doesn't always work out. Right. But just because, the, but the opportunity just gets to get spread around all around. So, and that lead also appreciates it too, when you find a home for them, even if it's not you, you know? So it, it is definitely important. Plus you get to learn like all of the things that are troubling the business. I've learned so much from my peers about how best to um, deal with clients, how to just be, get better, be better at business, better at salesperson, better, better. I mean, it's, 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 it's so important. It, and your approach to this is the perfect anecdote for that scarcity fear we talked about earlier. You know, I've, I've personally witnessed you be a, a dynamic contributor in on the ha weekly happiness hour calls. And, and, and it, it is amazing how willing all of you agency owners are to, you know, share uh, your experiences that, that will help another agency owner and there's no no fear of I have to keep this to myself and I don't want yeah I don't want to let this competitive advantage go and and that's and it again it, it all comes back I heard one of the things that I, I heard spoken about you was you know he so someone speaking about one of your presentations at a, a word camp which is why I find it so funny and how how much you you were previously reserved until you stepped outside of uh, the box and, and took improv classes to give you more public speaking confidence because it paid off for your business. Absolutely. The comments that I heard was, you know, he was such, he, Bobby Kircher was such a dynamic presenter and so knowledgeable at WordCamp that I knew this is who I was going to work with. And, you know, yeah. it's, it, and I, I love what you said that when you, even if, Working with uh, a business is is not right at that moment. You still make that connection. It 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 may need time to germinate, but it will come back. You know, even if it's the goodwill. Yeah, I mean, the goodwill, or even just like that person will be like, well, you know, that they'll say, you know, Bobby helped me this time, and maybe he knows somebody who can help me with this, and that happens so so often. And I, you know, I I love I just love helping people. So that's like. One of the big things that I, I enjoy doing is, is just helping people out. So, yeah. See, Bobby, that's why everyone says you're the expert. <laughs> this is why, you know, you, you've dug your own, you've dug yourself in and, and <laughs> into that title. I dug my own home. I wanted to ask you so many questions I want to ask you. We'll have to do this again because I, I could, I could really honestly <laughs> talk to you for hours and, and. and I know we, what we did actually, we did, we sat there at the bed breakfast and we're almost Going into lunch, just talking about <laughs> I everything. I know. For for you unlucky listeners or, or viewers who don't know, Bobby. So Bobby is based in, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm in Chicago. And he was in town uh, almost a month ago now, I think it was. Yeah, it was a month ago. Yeah. And I know that you're a fan of the city, I think you expressed. Love it. So, I, what, what is it that you love? I, I'm, I just moved here a couple of years ago, but what is it that you love so much about it and what keeps you coming back? 
it's 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 a it's a great city it's a beautiful city everyone is so friendly it's like got um you know it's one of the biggest cities in the country and everybody's friendly like no people aren't just like pushing everyone around you know and it's nice the weather is nice in the summer <laughs> i like it when it's chilly too but yeah <laughs> i know we thought we talked about the and and i love like my one of my favorite things to do is to go to the art institute every time like i always go and i always go look at nighthawks i go to the the modern wing always and yeah it's like one of my favorite things to do is to go to the art institute and and to eat like <laughs> food is so good there god yeah there are so many positive things to say about the city. I will say that it's yes, beautiful. And the, yeah, the cultural offerings that you mentioned as well, as well as the culinary offerings. And you know, you, you've already demonstrated that you are an amazing chef. We learned about your Brussels sprouts. So this is your kind of town. You know, it, it, it's well, the funny thing though. I think, you know, we are about what a year and a half into the pandemic that just yeah. never, never seems to end. It keeps evolving. I've seen, I, I'm not going to going to quote a number because I've seen conflicting reports on the impact of the pandemic and stay-at-home orders on businesses and employees returning or not returning to the office space, the demand for yeah. more remote work, which for us, I mean, it's, I've been, I've even before GoWP, I was working remotely as a, as a nonprofit grant writer. So it's sort of par for the course for me. But I mean, do you have any forecast on the changes that are coming I guess this is, this is kind of a, a two-part two question. Do you have any forecast of what you expect of how, or how the workplace will continue to shift and evolve, how that might impact agencies like Papaya Search um, and other digital marketing agencies? And, and if not so much directly with the work that's being delivered, but how you interact yeah. with your clients so you're not, they might not want to have that one-on-one -on -one in office ex exchange as frequently. How, what do you, what do you predict? I don't, you know, it's maybe I'll answer with kind of where, what we're, we'll go back to right at the start of the pandemic when I was in the process of hiring a full-time SEO and I just specifically looked for somebody in Atlanta mm -hmm. and because I wanted that person to work in the office. Mm -hmm. And this is when I had, uh, I had a larger space. And, and so I hired him. He was like, you know, he asked me, he was pretty ready to start. He was like, oh, from his, his, from his job as a, he was a video editor and he wanted to change careers. And so I interviewed him, hired him. And I said, I would bring him on board after I went to work camp Miami. So I didn't want to hire him and work remotely. I wanted us to work in the office mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And work here in Miami was the first weekend of March 2020. And I was there, staying there for two weeks because I'm from Miami and I have family down there. So I was going to extend the trip, right? And, and have some meetings while I was down there and do all kinds of stuff, right? With family. And of course, in those first two weeks of March, it was like everything changed. Right. And, and I fly back on the 16th, or I think it was the 16th, I fly back and Rolando was, was supposed to start on uh, Tuesday and he was going to come into the office. And we did not spend a single day in the office the whole time we worked together. Mm -hmm. And um, sadly, he's he went off to another agency, but you know he he learned a lot while he was working working for me. But mm -hmm. we met, I think, um, in person three times, uh -huh. and so we learned a lot, or I learned, and I think he did too about how important it is to work remotely and communicate and 
And so like, it was a, a bit of a learning curve at first mm-hmm. because it wasn't what I had planned, but it was fine. We mm-hmm. did a lot of great work together mm-hmm. and I was able to manage him pretty well. And at least he tells me as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I asked him for feedback before he, he left about like what the, the, the work dynamic was like. And, you know, we just leaned in Slack, we leaned in Zoom, mm-hmm. we leaned, um, we tried Google Meet for a while. Zoom was, we found Zoom to be work better for us. Mm-hmm. We use Notion to manage our projects. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of just communicating online and just making sure that we did communicate. Like mm-hmm. we just, sometimes in a way we over communicated at first mm-hmm. until we, you know, he was initially just working for me for the first time. Right. So we had to do all this virtually. And so, but it, it worked fine. Yeah. You know, and I think it's hard to go back to to that, especially when you think about in a city like Atlanta, mm-hmm. where a lot of it's a, it's a big sprawling city in all directions, mm-hmm. and sometimes commutes can take an hour. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're so used to taking less than an hour to commute, or you're not or not spending two hours in the car commuting. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two hours that you can spend with your family. Those are two hours you can focus on something that makes you feel good mm-hmm. instead of sitting in the car and mm-hmm. feeling miserable for 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 long periods of time. And so I it's hard to go back to that. Yeah. So I think businesses are just gonna have to be much more dynamic. And I think for us in the digital space, I mean, I think we 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 had a more of a, a prelude to that. Mm-hmm pandemic a lot of us were working remotely already Mm -hmm. so uh, i think i don't think there's a a way to go back to that i mean i can see the importance of mixing a little bit i think it's probably going to be more of a hybrid model because i'm not working from home right i changed my office but i am in a like a co-working space with my own dedicated space because i want to be around people yeah so I'm still, I'm balancing a little bit of the two because I, I did want to have a separate environment from outside of my, my home to be in, but for other people, especially families, I don't have any kids and I'm, you know, I'm single. So it's a little different for me than if I had children, I probably would want to be home more often. So, well, it's, it's, there's still so much apprehension and nervousness in society, but I think Again, another callback to what you were saying earlier in our call about what you learned from your mother, you know, no matter what, it can only get better. You know, things will get better, but we'll find a new, I know people don't like the term new normal, but we'll find a new comfortable space in which to operate. Um, We will evolve and we will survive. So my final question for you today, because GoWP, we are focused and concentrated on creating happiness for our partners to help them grow. I want to know, the listeners and viewers are dying to know, how does Bobby Kircher create happiness in his life at this current moment? Or what what entities, experiences are creating happiness for you right now? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've this this year I've at least been able to feel more comfortable about getting getting together. I got vaccinated. So I can, I feel a little, I have a layer of protection. So I've been traveling more and visiting with friends. Like I was in Chicago for a friend's 50th birthday, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why I was up there and, 
and just reconnecting with people, you know, to my earlier point, I mean, like, I, I like being around people, even though I'm an introvert and my batteries do run low. I do like being around people. I was at R3 a couple of weeks ago and, you know, the recurring revenue retreat. And it was really nice to see some old friends that I hadn't seen in a while in like two years. And so it was really nice to, to reconnect. And, you know, like I, I have a morning routine that I stick with. It sort of helps me feel like a human. I meditate, journal, and exercise. Those are like my three things that I do every morning and have a cup of coffee, I guess four. But, you know, to sort of like not look at work for a second, yeah. you know, kind of just get myself into the, into the routine w- without like just sitting at my computer because I have all day to sit at my computer. You know, that, that brings me, brings me some joy and getting back into running again has also brought me some joy. And I've got a running club that I I run with on Saturdays and that's, that's been nice too. So, you know, I think, I think that is the perfect recipe for how to be effective and be loved by clients because that's, that's your routine and it's working for you. And again, I can't reiterate enough how much how much you are loved. Gosh, darn it. People love you <laughs> because you're good enough and smart enough. Moi? Yes, you. Yes, you. Bobby. Kircher. It's like the sneaky same moi. <laughs> well, I, that was, that's a, that's a sensitive spot for me because Kermit the frog was like my first crush in life. And I could not stand that pig, Miss Piggy. I wanted to, I mean, I was like five years old. Oh, and I really? To, oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's okay. It's a soft spot, but that's okay. I'm not triggered. I'm not triggered. Uh, <laughs> I'm working through my feelings against Miss Piggy, but no, what a wonderful conversation, wonderful time with you, but I expect nothing less Thanks than you your presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we have to have you back on. There's okay. so many more things to talk about, but I to, know. we could talk for like hours. We could, <laughs> we can, we should. So for you, absolutely. All that are watching or listening to this, again, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And just as a quick reminder at GoWP, we want to help you become more profitable, whether it's by listening to podcasts like this and laughing with me and Bobby, calls, go to Facebook, find us there and, and request membership there. You can view informative webinars hosted by our friends in the WordPress community. And of course, by growing your team with our uber skilled developers, copywriters, diviner, diviners, we have diviners too, designers and project managers. So go to gowp.com to read more about our services and schedule a call. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Bobby Kircher. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, everybody.